Welcome to Mumtaz Arabic, a fun and conversational podcast series which will introduce you to Arabic and give you some handy tips for learning the language. My name is Marita Petherbridge and joining me is Damien Doyle. Marhaban. Marhaban. And marhaban to you, Mohanad Kassar. Mohanad, perhaps the most daunting part of learning the Arabic language for, for a beginner is the script and the alphabet. Can you explain how the alphabet works? Yeah, sure. Um, everyone thinks that uh, learning Arabic is an impossible task, but it's totally not. And uh, I always give the example of uh, the, the the challenge that we've done, we've run uh, a few weeks ago, and you participated in that. So when you learned how to read and write Arabic in five hours, and you nailed it, guys. So Arabic is very um, is very logical um, uh, language. So and it really is just like the English alphabet. It's it's just an alphabet. Correct. It's correct. not that daunting. Yeah, correct. Uh, people are scared because we write from right to left. And when they look at the, the script, they say that, oh my goodness, this is uh, uh, something daunting. Uh, but that's not correct. We in Arabic, we have 28 letters. Uh, three of them are vowels. And uh, But the thing that you need to, uh, to recognize is that every letter has a different shape uh, at the beginning of a word, in, in the middle of a word, and um, in the end of a word. So this might be uh, tricky, so people need some time to learn them, but when they learn the letters, that's it. So you can read and write. And uh, I always like this feeling when I look at the, my students after the fourth or five, uh, fifth hour of our lessons when I give them like a newspaper, an Arabic newspaper, and ask them to read it, and they read it. So uh, they are amazed of themselves doing reading Arabic in five hours or six hours. So I like this feeling when I look at them and see how they read Arabic. They don't understand what they're reading, but at least they are capable of reading it. It really is a sticking point. When I was a beginner, as, as you know, I had two goes at learning Arabic because when I first came into contact with the Arabic alphabet, it looked so different to English that I was, I was scared of it, basically. And when I learned that each letter has a different form depending on its position in a word, that was it. I couldn't, I couldn't understand the logic behind it and it took a long time before I could see the mechanics and how it works and work out how to recognise each letter. But now you can read and write, and that that's my point. So everyone, when, when they look at the Arabic script, they'd say, oh my goodness, so this is very hard. It's not hard. So just like keep practicing it five, six hours when, when you know the letters, that's it. So this is all what you need to, to know. Uh, one of the things that um, are maybe difficult when, when you read a newspaper or a book is that uh, we teach our students that we have something called harakat or short vowels, and they are just like... Um, accents we put on top or underneath the letter. Usually these harakats are not present in, in daily um, newspaper or um, in, in books. Uh, it's a bit hard for um, Arabic learners to uh, to recognize these harakats, but all the books that I usually teach, we have the harakat for the beginners and then people will pick it up. Yeah, that's where, where I am at the moment, isn't it? So when all of the little dots and dashes are there, I know how to how to read the word aloud. But when the dashes and dots are taken away, I'm not sure what the vowel sounds are. 
um, and, and you just need to expand your vocabulary then, don't you, so that you can start to start to recognize the words and know how they sound. Correct, and that's um, the role of practice. I always ask my students to keep practicing, keep reading, keep listening to, uh, to Arabic news, uh, especially when you have the script in front of you, so you know that how they they read it, how they pronounce it. So that's one of the key points when, when you're studying Arabic, so um, keep your ear tuned. So reading and writing Arabic is really not that difficult, but when we get to speaking it, there are some letters that are very different to English. Can you teach us some of those letters that are a bit harder? Yeah, correct. Uh, we have some sounds that um, are not there in English, and um, at the same time, uh, there are some some sounds that are not in Arabic. Um, for example, the the P in Arabic is not there, so we Arabs we use B for P, and as we said last time when we said when we talked about the supermarket, we say supermarket. So <laughs> uh, in in Arabic, it's the same. So we have um, similar sounds uh, or sounds that. Um, uh, non-native Arabic speakers uh, find it hard to pronounce, like the A, for example. So we have two sounds. One of them is the A, and the other one is the A. And um, usually all my English students uh, pronounce the A as A, and sometimes it makes difference in, in the meaning. Um, and the A, the Hamza, which is the first uh, letter in our alphabet, is the sound, uh, an explosive sound. And you produce the sound uh, by blocking the air in the airway and then releasing it, releasing it in in one go. Like when you say ah, uh, ah, uh, can you say ah, uh? ah, uh. ah? Uh. Yeah. And one of the examples is Anna, I am, in Arabic. And then we have the other sound, which is the ah, and the ah is um, is produced by narrowing the airway um, at your throat while breathing out. Uh, can you try it? So if if you look at my throat, so ah, so it it. Um, uh, it, it <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if I can make this sound. L let's try. Ah, ah, that's great. Good. Ah, ah, yeah. And one of the example is amal. Amal means work. And uh, can you say amal? Amal. Great. Amal. Mm -hmm. And um, when replacing the a with a, we have amal. Amal is hope. Can you say amal? Amal. Amal. Great. Uh, that's some, a lot easier. Yeah, that's easier. I know. <laughs> uh, some other uh, vocabularies are uh, alam. Alam is flag. And then we have um, alam, pain. You don't want to confuse pain with flag. And then we have ein, ein for an I. And then we have ein, the question word where. So can you say ein? Ein. Ein. And ein. 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 That's really good. Um, some of the other examples or other sounds, we have the h and the ha. And this is um, uh, something that um, I face on a daily basis here in Australia. So my name is Muhannad, and it's mh, the soft ha, nad. And then everyone, when they look at my name or they say Muhammad, I say, no, it's not Muhammad, it's Muhannad. So they confuse the ha with the ha. The ha um, in Arabic, it's just like the English ha, uh, or which is called here h, uh, a very as h, but here it's h. Uh, when, it, when in English we say hi, hello, um, so it's the natural ha sound. But the ha is a bit problematic for uh, non-Arabs. So it's it's the same ha, but with with some friction um, uh, in your throat uh, with the vocal cords. So with, when you say, can you say ha? Ha. And then ha. Oh, I think I did the second one first. <laughs> okay. Huh. Huh. Yeah, so huh. Huh. Damien? 
Great. And um, some of the examples we have Habba uh, for to love, uh, and then Habba. Habba is when um, to blow, to blow um, some winds. Uh, and we have Hal, like the case, the situation, and then we have Hal. Hal is a cardamom. Um, very different. Very <laughs> <laughs> now, another one is we have the ka and the qa. Uh, also, many of my students um, can't read the difference or can sound the difference between the ka and the qa. And as well, it's m my personal story with my last name. My last name is Qasar. So it starts with the heavy qa. And the ka sound is just like an English ka when, when we say um, kilo, cat. So it, it's the natural ka uh, for English speakers. But when, when we use the qa, it's a bit problematic. It's a bit hard for non-Arabs to, to use it. And we produce the qa by having the end of the tongue touching the soft palate. Uh, so the end of the, of the mouth and producing the qa. Um, so can you say ka? Ka. Qa. Damien? Ka. Ka. Great. And um, the heaviness of this sound uh, does not only affect this sound by itself, it, it also affects the, the sound that follows it. Like when I say qala, so qala is a three letter. Qala. And then when I say qala, the a in the middle is, is heavy. So it's qala. Whereas, and qala means to say, whereas when I say kala, I start with the ka, with the with the light ka. Kala means to wait, to weigh. Uh, so when I say kala, the a is is light. So kala kala. Can you say them? Kala kala. Correct. Damien? Kala kala. That's very good. And um, these are some examples of the problematic words. And this was one of the things that I had trouble with early on was understanding that the the letter that came before a vowel would change the way the vowel was pronounced. So in that case it was the a uh sound in the middle of the word is different depending on what the first letter is. And that's it's not the same. It's know. not the same, no, it's not the same. It it really changes the, the, the sound and how it's said. And um, in Arabic you you need to pronounce the qa and the ka uh, properly because some of the of the words are like the meaning change when uh, if you want to say like uh, my heart to someone you'd say qalbi but if you change the qa into ka you'd say kalbi my dog so you don't want to call <laughs> your your girlfriend like my dog so <laughs> no <laughs> with some of these letters that are very different to english sounds what I've found personally as I try to learn is that the only way that I can get in anywhere near pronouncing them correctly is to just pretend I'm an Arab and, and put on an accent and really exaggerate it. And it's especially the case with the letter uh, um, which doesn't have an equivalent in English and I have so much trouble with. And I just have to pretend that, that I'm a, a fluent Arabic speaker. <laughs> yeah, and look, uh, e even um, dialects, we talked in a previous um, episode about uh, dialects and colloquial Arabic, and uh, we try in, in our colloquial language to uh, ease it a bit. So, like in Syria, for example, we don't pronounce the qa, we pronounce it as a. Like if I want to say qal, I say al. So I'm just like instead of having hard sounds in, 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 the, in the word, so you can rely on, on some uh, colloquial. <laughs> It's very generous of you to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Not in the lesson. <laughs> it's been a really interesting chat and it's useful to me as well because I'm, I'm still a beginner in, in my own Arabic learning. It's a good reminder that while it looks a lot different 
Um, the Arabic alphabet is just an alphabet. It doesn't look like English, but you can, you can learn it, and even I can. There are some tricky sounds in there, um, but for me, I find that just being being dramatic and being prepared to make mistakes means that you can you can get your mouth around them eventually. And, and doing think, some push-ups as well <laughs> <laughs> always helps. <laughs> and and a good reminder in there too, Mahana, to immerse yourself. And it's what you always tell me, and I know you tell your other other students. Um, listen to as much as you can in Arabic. Read as much as you can in Arabic, and, and try to get get immersed uh, in any way that you can. Yeah, I think those are good tips for learning any language. Really, just immersing yourself and not being afraid to make mistakes. Um, so thanks very much to you, Mahanad. Afwan. And shukran to you, Damien. Afwan. And shukran to everybody for listening. And we hope you join us next time on Mumtaz Arabic. Ma salama. Ma salama.